Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. And it is such a privilege for me to be here. It really is. I've been very excited about it. Um, as Joe said, this, this is my home church. Um, and I've lived in many different places, including in other countries. I would describe myself as a home-loving adventurer, which I realize makes me sound like a hobbit. Um, but this is the place that I, I'm always drawn back to and where I, I draw a lot of strength and nourishment and sustenance. And yes, my latest adventure, just over a year ago, I moved down to an area called Ford in Plymouth, and I'm leading a, 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 new, a newly established small missional community, which is a partnership between Lee Abbey and the Exeter Diocese. And our aim is to be an intentional community, committed to prayer, committed to hospitality, uh, partnering with others in the local area, and planting a new church. And it has been... Doing that in the middle of a pandemic has been incredibly difficult. And uh, my, my connections here have really helped me, been really important. Um, I just want to give a word of, um, for, for St. Swithin, uh, word of encouragement to you all, to St. Swithins. Um, I feel like I'm a runner, one of those, uh, a, a plant that sends out a runner, but remains attached to the, to the main root, to the host plant. And I think that there's a real history of St. Swithin's being not only a giving church, but a sending church. And there are lots of people who would say that, yes, they are strengthened by their connection to St. Swithin's. Um, and I recognize that there's a cost to being the ones who stay behind, because it's really difficult when you're saying goodbye to people. Um, but there's something incredibly rich here, and I personally just want to say thank you and to encourage you um, for what you are and for the fruitfulness of this church. Anyway, we're going to look at the spirit in creation this morning. Uh, let me pray before I speak. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will open our eyes to see more of the wonder of your creation and the miracle of recreation. Come and enlarge our vision. Come and open our hearts to, to see the wonders in your word. Amen. So we're going to look at three things, and I have three images to help us. We're going to look at presence, the presence of the Spirit at the beginning of everything, or everything we know. We're going to look at promise, God's promise of the renewal of all creation and the power of his creative word. And we're going to look at partnering, God's invitation to us to partner with him in his creative mission. So if we could have the first image, please. 
for presence. I love the drama of this Genesis reading. Here we are on the threshold of creation. There's this vivid description of a void. As to use the words from the message, the message describes it as a bottomless emptiness or a soup of nothingness. There's no light, there's nothing to see, there's no form. There's only emptiness and darkness. It's described as the deep, and the deep in the Bible is a symbol of chaos. So this void is a state of chaos. But hang on a minute, there's something else. Preceding all of this is God. In the beginning, God. Before there's any order, any form, or any creation, there's God. And in verse 2, it says, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, in Hebrew, that's Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God. And that's the idea of spirit, breath, wind. The Ruach is God's personal presence, powerfully giving and sustaining all life. So God is present in this dark, empty chaos. And I love the verb that's used of the Spirit. The Spirit was hovering over the waters. The message version says, God's Spirit brooded like a bird. Isn't that a beautiful image of the Spirit like a bird spreading its wings over its nest, nurturing, cherishing, birthing new life? There's also a sense of gentle movement with the hovering. The wind or the breath of God flutters over the emptiness. And there's a subtle change of vocabulary that's really important to pick up on. I got this from the Bible Project. That indicates that the transformation of chaos into order is already happening by the presence of the Spirit. So first of all, it says that the darkness was over the surface of the deep. And then it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the deep has become the waters. Now deep is the word for chaos, abyss, has that meaning, whereas waters is a neutral word and can be used of something negative or it can be used of something life-giving. So it seems to indicate that when the spirit is present, the deep waters of chaos are already being transformed into neutral waters with the possibility of life. And then, another moment of drama, God speaks. And of course, speaking is linked to breathing. And when God speaks, out of the darkness, light shines. God lovingly creates something from nothing. He creates form and he removes emptiness, all by the power of his word. I'm going to pause there because that may be, for some of you, what you really need to hear today. Maybe that idea of emptiness and chaos and darkness really resonates with you, especially in these days of pandemic, where there's been so much loss and disorientation. So I wonder if that's your experience. Where do you see the Spirit of God brooding? What is God wanting to birth from your emptiness? What new thing might he be creating? Something forged in the refiner's fire, but what might new, new thing might he be creating in you, in your home, in our church, our nation? I know for myself, this last year, I've experienced real depths of emptiness, such as I've never experienced before. There been multiple losses of much that's, been, that's familiar, precious, or meaningful to me. 
But there's a, a quote by Kierkegaard that um, has meant a lot. God creates everything out of nothing. And everything which God is to use, he first reduces to nothing. It's quite hard hitting. God creates everything out of nothing. And everything which God is to use, he first reduces to nothing. And indeed, I'm sensing that God is rebuilding me. He's building new things, building me in a new way, reshaping me, strengthening my dependence on him and deepening my assurance of hope in him. The Hebrew word for create in Genesis is bara, and that's a word that only God can create. It's only ever used of God creating. But that same word, bara, is used in Psalm 51 that says, create in me a pure heart, O God. And I love the way the message version puts that. It says, God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a, genesis, shape a genesis week from the chaos of my life. So maybe for some of you, that's your prayer for today. Lord, make a fresh start in me. Shape a genesis week from the chaos of my life. But now let's move on to promise. We can have the second image. So we have this beautiful picture of creation in Genesis, but we know how the story develops. We know that humanity, we turned away from God, we've rebelled against God, and we have corrupted and spoiled this good creation. And our sin has reversed the order. It's brought disorder instead of order, emptiness instead of fullness, and death instead of life. But we have an incredible promise from God. In Revelation 21 verse 5, it says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Now that word new there, the word that's used is kainos, which doesn't mean brand new. It means something old made new. So this is God's promise. I am making everything new. His promise to restore to recreate this broken world. And we know that God's promises are true. In Isaiah 55, I love this picture here. It says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So imagine a field of bare earth. The rain comes and soaks into the ground. Dormant seeds sprout up and wheat grows. And eventually that wheat produces seeds which can be made into bread to feed many people and can also be sown again so that the whole process can repeat. And this is God's word. This is a picture of God's word. It soaks into empty or in impossible situations. It changes hearts and minds. It makes things happen which take root, grow, and spread. So just as at creation, God's word does not return to him empty. It does not return to him void. So God's promise to make all things new we know we can rely on it. 
And that recreation began when Jesus came to earth, bringing healing, forgiveness, creating life where once was death. He announced the arrival of God's kingdom. And through his death on the cross, he dealt with sin and the evil which distorts creation. So the cross reverses the disorder. And his resurrection guarantees it and promises that one day that recreation will be completed. And then, through his death and resurrection, we can be born again. We can come alive in a new way. We have new life and we become part of that new creation. And it's not finished yet. And then the Spirit is poured out on us. And that's the beginning of this new life now, not just in the future. By the Spirit, we are transformed and empowered to be the people God created us to be and to allow him to build his kingdom through us. So let's move on to the third image, partners. God is inviting you and me to join him in his mission to make all things new. He's inviting us to partner with him. And I believe this partnering starts with prayer. I'm a great fan of anything um, to do with 24-7 prayer. Um, And I've read quite a lot of Pete Gregg. And Pete Gregg wrote this. We are God's partners in the great project of creation. And we exercise this extraordinary privilege primarily through prayerful imagination and secondarily through practical innovation. So primarily through prayerful imagination and secondarily through practical innovation. So I'm just going to look at prayer briefly today. Now we know that Jesus is interceding for us. It tells us that, for example, in Romans 8. We know that Jesus is always interceding for us and we know that the Spirit intercedes for us. It says, with wordless groans. And Pete Gregg again, he says... To be in Christ is to be drawn up into his intercession for the world. To be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with an interceding spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with an interceding spirit. And when we realize that prayer means partnering with God, it changes the way we pray. pray. Instead of trying to get God to say amen to what we want, to our agenda, we start to glimpse and understand more what he wants and to say amen to his agenda. So why have I got a picture of snowdrops? Well, I'm slightly obsessed with them, as some of my friends will know. Um, But snowdrops, to me, I absolutely love them, I think are a symbol of prayerful hope. They even bow their heads as if they're praying. But snowdrops don't wait for the sun to warm the ground before they burst through. They come into bloom while it's still winter, whether there's frost, snow, wind, or rain. And I think they have this incredible tenacity. They don't seem to be flattened by storms. Maybe wrong, but unlike crocuses, they seem to still stand upright. And they're an incredible sign that spring will follow winter, but it is still winter. And I think that we can be like snowdrops when we pray. We hold on to the hope that we have in the God who loves us. It's not about pretending everything is okay when it isn't. And we pray even without evidence that things will get better. We stand firm in our faith when all seems hopeless. 
We hold on to God's word and we pray with the Spirit. And as we do that together, snowdrops multiply and and you see them in clumps. As we do that together, we too are a sign of hope to the world around. So how do we pray with the Spirit? And how do we say amen to what God wants? I hear you ask. Well, Pete Gregg comes up with, helpfully, comes up with two suggestions. It's very easy. First, he says, look for what God is already doing and has done. Identify the evidence of God's grace at work and affirm it. Affirm the good. Bless it. That's the first thing. And then, look forward with faith for God's kingdom to come. Try to identify his promises for people, for situations. Use the Bible, use his promises, and pray them in. Pray them prophetically. He says, spend more time blessing what's right than cursing what's wrong. And I think it's really important that we hold on to what God says rather than what people say. That we take our cue from him. Because we know God's word changes things. So just a a quick example from our little community in Ford in Plymouth. We've actually spent a lot of this year praying and getting to know the area and just seeing what, what are the hallmarks of this area and what would it look like for God's kingdom to come. And one of the things that we've noticed is that there's a real history of pioneering and enterprise in the area. Scott of the Antarctic was born there um, and there are other examples. And actually, we've, we're continuing in that vein. We're pioneering, and it's interesting that it is a, an area of pioneering. And just down the road from us um, is a guy called Ben, who, despite in the middle of the pandemic, had the vision to transform an empty building into a gym and a cafe, which I think is really courageous to do that in a pandemic. And so we've been blessing what he's been doing there, And so our prayer actually is kind of turning into action. Johnny, one of my housemates, is really getting to know Ben and prays with him. And we're finding ways to bless him. And one of the things we might be doing is partnering with him with his cafe, which is struggling a little bit. And we'd like to start a coffee morning in church. And we're wondering whether, you know, the two could come together. But we're praying. uh, One of the promises that we're praying um, comes from Isaiah 43. It means a lot to us. See, I am doing a new thing. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So that's just one example from our own situation. So if we could have the last slide. In conclusion, we've looked at the presence of the Spirit at the beginning of all creation, bringing order to chaos, fullness to the emptiness, to the void. We've looked at God's promise to make all things new and the power of his creative word. And we've thought about how we can respond to his invitation to partner with him and especially to pray with the Spirit. So let's keep walking with the Spirit in this wonderful story of recreation because with God, the impossible becomes possible.